The news on CJOB with Richard Cloutier and Julie Buckingham. We suspend tonight's action on the ice. It comes after Kane held a phone call with about 100 players about what they can do to show their support for the black community. Last night, several players lambasted the NHL for their perceived inaction, while players in both the NBA and Major League Baseball boycotted their games. The Toronto Raptors were slated to play this evening in the first game of their second-round playoff series against the Boston Celtics, but tonight's NBA games have been suspended as well. Dave Woodard, Global News. Three guests join us on 680 CJOB. Victoria Wabusi, Devon Clunas, the former Winnipeg police chief, Kelly Butler, the former Winnipeg Blue Bomber. Thank you, the three of you, for joining us this evening on 680 CJOB. Kelly Butler, the NHL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, they're all suspending uh, games tonight, some tomorrow night. Good move, bad move? Uh, amazing move. Uh, I think it's very important, uh, Lee, by example. And when you look at what LeBron James and the organization of the NBA and all the players have responded to another senseless act of violence on the police, uh, of overuse of force, and, and, and when is enough is enough is enough. So now with the platform they're using, they're able to have the masses because of COVID. So what they've done is amazing, and they've set the bar, and they've changed the tables, and they've taken control of a situation because of being privileged and being able to say before being black, you would lose your job if you were outspoken. Now it's so it's so empowering black athletes being able to show how much more they are than just athletes. Victoria, you're a recent University of Manitoba grad. Can your voice not only be heard, but can you use your voice to say like what LeBron and others are saying? Because they have they have the ability to do so because, I hate to say this, they got the money and the notoriety to back it up. But can you, as somebody, as a recent graduate, say that and your employer, your friends stand by you? Well, you know, Richard, I'm I'm afraid to use my voice because I, I I feel the opinions that I have as a person of color, as a black woman in Canada, they are not popular opinions, especially on this issue. And when we say was this a good move or a bad move on the part of the NBA, I think it was a passive move, passive like a lot of what is happening. Um, we're feeding chaos, but we're not asking questions about how and why is this still and why is this happening in the way it's happening with the way the media is perpetrating a narrative and it's not a full picture. It's, it's a very, there's a lot to this situation. And yeah, I just, I just think I'm scared. I'm scared to say anything except what the media wants to hear, except what everyone else wants to hear, which is Black Lives Matter. But are we really asking ourselves, what is the root of all of this chaos in America? Like, why are things going to be? So I'm scared. I'm scared, essentially. Devon Clunas, come on in here and join the conversation. Thank you, Richard Thank you, and Julie, and uh, for the invitation to be a part of this. Part of this. R- really great to hear what Kelly, my brother, has to say an American, a black athlete, speaking to this issue. I truly, I applaud what the uh, professional sport leagues are doing because my mindset is that it has to come from the uh, the grassroots. There's a lot of 
economic power there that can be brought to bear. And I really hear what Victoria is saying as a young person, but I would just want to encourage you that yeah, your voice has power right now. It is your generation that's actually going to help lead us forward, uh, particularly when you see, as I said, individuals who are older or in positions of influence, like all the players that we're talking about. So now is the time for you to capitalize. And yes, there might be some fear, but I really want to see the next generation rise up and take this and lead it forward. This is a critical time, but I think it's a time of great opportunity for all of us. Kelly Butler, I was listening what Ryan Reeves had to say about the NHL players and those mostly white athletes saying, no, we're not going to play. And can we by extension say... As people of non-color, like Richard and I, as white people, is it now time for us to not just be, quote-unquote, not racist? Is it also time for us to use our voices to say, this is no longer acceptable? This is no longer acceptable. If you don't use your voice, then you're no longer really about the cause. Because you buy a T-shirt, because you go to a protest, that doesn't stop. And especially being an American, I love what the Canadians and Winnipeg did as far as with the protests. It brought awareness. But that was the beginning and saying the last 90 days, myself working with the police department um, and working with people saying it's a waste of time because the police aren't moving at the speed they need to. You know, it's more of an indigenous issue with killing people and it's more of a systemic issue here. And we talk about allyship. So from the allyship with the, 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 the people of not color or um, that are kind of trying to support Speaking up right now and doing this, you have a platform, so it's, it's huge. I think it's very, very important because if you don't and you want to have change, now it's a very clear line. People are getting killed day after day after day, and, and the bar has been set uh, in the States, and it's been set here. And that's why this year um, my charitable foundation is not working the police department because how long is it before we're going to have shootings here? Because it's a black issue in the States, but it's an indigenous issue here, but it's an abuse of power across the board. And and I think it's about having real conversations. And, you know, Richard and I see the text messages and the emails that we get from from regular people and they have questions and, and no doubt they're they're afraid to, to perhaps pose them. So Devon Clunas, I'll, I'll ask one that we have seen and, and a comment that we've seen repeatedly is, hey, why are we crying over these individuals who are being shot by police? They are doing something wrong. Can you myth bust that? Yeah, absolutely. When you look at what people consider that these individuals are doing wrong, something wrong, I can tell you that as a police practitioner, no, none of what we've seen is actually justified action by police. And all of us who feel that we're innocent should actually be incredibly alarmed by that kind of behavior because it truly could be any one of us at any point in time. And in a civilized society, that is not what we want to see in terms of action from those that we entrust with this power uh, to keep us safe. So all of us should be alarmed at that. Victoria, uh, I, I listened to what you said, and I listened very closely. And I want you to know that your voice does matter, and you shouldn't be afraid. We want to hear what you have to say on the issue. And where would you like the narrative to go? Well, I think I, I would want answers around why the police, like, um, the speaker before me was saying the police people who have been entrusted with so much power are going about doing things the way they have been doing. It's not all of them, but it's some of them. And I, I watched a video. I watched a video of um, Jacob Blake getting shot, 
And there's just so many things about the video that don't add up, you know. And this is the same thing every every time there's a shooting and somebody is getting killed. First of all, why why is it the first instinct of the police officer to shoot people? That's not how police officers are trained. And if in 2020 a police officer is still shooting a black person, it tells you that something isn't right. Like, how are you still doing that? In like when this year has been so really charged with a lot of issues around black lives, around like racial, very racially charged issues. Why are you still doing that? It, it makes no sense to me. Absolutely no sense. And it feels like there's a lot, there's a lot of systemic issues at, at play. The moral fabric of our society is questionable. And there's just so many things not adding up. But instead of people asking more pressing questions around this, this, this case is, we're getting just the sensation, black lives matter. But, but that's not enough. Like, it's not enough for me to know that my life matters. It's not enough for me to know that my brother's life, my brother's life matters. I, I want to know why is the government and the police, people who are charged with being responsible for everyone, it's been people have been getting killed, people are still getting killed, people will still get killed. Why is it happening in this fashion? And why is the media, why is the media being... The narrative that CNN puts out, let's just go there. The narrative that CNN puts out is, oh, this man is, uh, he's such a loving man. His family, he's a very caring person. And okay, I get that. But he's very, he's a very caring person. He has three kids in the car. And the, his first instinct is to turn his back on the police. Great, fantastic father of the year. Then the police officers he's been fighting with, their first instinct is to shoot him seven times. That makes absolutely no sense. And I, I'm sorry, I, I don't think I'm the only one looking at issues th this issue this way. It makes no sense. Something is not right. But instead of asking more questions, we're just sensational, Black Lives Matter, protest, chaos. Why are we not asking more questions is what I want to know. And that's why I say I'm scared because these opinions are not popular. I feel like I'm, I can only even say this because I am Black. If I wasn't Black and I dared to say the things I just said, I would be cancelled by cancel culture. It's crazy and ridiculous. I want to get both uh, Kelly and Devon's reaction to what you just said, Victoria. Let's begin with Kelly. Go ahead. That was very well articulated, Victoria. And from a position of where you see that and from the Canadian perspective, I understand you're aware of it. Surviving it and living it and seeing it reduplicated is because they like control. The best way to control somebody is scare them. The repercussions aren't being held there. So they can get away with shooting people, but they don't want to arm black people to protect themselves. But you don't want to take away the guns to allow for them to be able to be non-harming. There's always a position of power. So I look at it from a perspective of when I've worked here in Winnipeg, you, they're quick to kill, but slow to make changes and say we're trying to work together. So unfortunately, is I'm not buying what the police are saying because I've worked with them and it's not a sense of urgency coming from the top to the bottom. It's not a sense of urgency when, when Brian Pallister says we're not defunding the police. It's that we made it very clear, like Donald Trump, we're not, we, we don't see the problem here. We're speaking from a position of privilege. Let's give Devon Clunas here, and just because of time, I'm giving you the last word because there's a lot of anger, Devon. There's a generation of anger that is fed up with people of our age that have been entrusted in making decisions both black and white so i'll quickly say two things first victoria i'm so glad that you spoke 
And I can tell you, I've been speaking on this issue significantly since, you know, May 25th. And the, the things that you express are exactly the things that I've been sharing across this country and internationally. At the same time, I will say this about policing in Canada, because I always need to stress this. We're not perfect, but I will say firmly that what we see happening in the United States, because I've lived and worked in both places, it is not what's happening here in Canada. Uh, the cry to defund police is a simple response to a very complex situation. And I can tell you that we have police leaders in this country who are actually moving the bar significantly. And so I really want to start looking at Canada and look at the U.S. Canadian police is significantly different. We're not perfect, but the questions that Victoria posed are exactly the discussions that are ongoing in our police universe in a very practical, pragmatic way. We changes have, here it's happening we have just scratched the surface mm -hmm. but this conversation absolutely has to continue victoria wabusi devon clunas kelly butler the news on cjob with richard cluche and julie buckingham